right? <laughs> I thought you were gonna keep the jacket on. I was gonna compliment the jacket, uh, but then yeah, you took I it know, off. But I was getting hot. I went I, out, got cold, came in, got hot. <laughs> I don't know if I've said this to people before, but um, I think I might have mentioned it on the podcast before. But one of your favorite hobbies <laughs> is changing. I go nuts. Your shirt specifically. Shorts do so, but I go nuts. Yeah, but mostly the shirt. shoes. Never wear shoes. Workout shoes, flip flops, back on. So what's fun is like you guys don't know all the quirks of Coach Andy like I do. Yeah. So he probably like if we're actually being honest, yeah. how many times a day do you think you change? Not including home and stuff. No, including everything. How many times? Like 107. Oh. <laughs> no, like probably 10 to 12 times a day. 12 times a day yeah. you change your outfit. Well, for sure. Get up, <laughs> get up, put something on, <laughs> right? <laughs> right? Because you can't leave without something on. You can't be naked. No. Would love to be there. I know, me too. <laughs> uh, get to the gym, change to work out. Yeah. And then, so there's two for sure. Mm-hmm. And then it's a few times during the day because I just go nuts. <laughs> like for no reason. You'll just yeah. change your and shirt. And then go on the ice change. Like, yeah. So like at least 10 times a day. That's so funny. At least 10 times a day. Hilarious. I got a pile of shirts in there. I just I keep rotating do. through. Your whole stall in the office there is yeah. shirts. Yeah. Just to rotate. Shirts, jackets. Yeah hilarious um, I go nuts same with shoes i can't wear them man so i've been making a conscious effort to look like a human these days <laughs> and <laughs> when i go out with my wife it's like okay because i got like some decent clothes i never i never dress up but i got yep. some decent clothes is that necessary <laughs> to say anyways i got some like lululemon pants that looks nice i can't wear them with flip-flops anymore jeans i can wear them with flip-flops but that's my go-to so anyways we go to games or we go out for dinner and stuff yeah. And so I bought a uh, a pair of shoes to wear in public, and they're okay for a while. It's like if I go for a run, running shoes are applicable. But <laughs> but other than that, I can't wear them. So I go. But by the time the game is over and we go into the car, I'm ripping them off yep. and I lose my mind. Yep. And if I happen to forget and I start driving, I pull over. I lose my mind. Yeah. I can't wear shoes. I, I see. And then, I, and then I, I've uh, I've got, I've got some benefits to this though. Because uh, apparently grounding is a thing. It is. And I'm a barefoot guy. Yeah. I used to wear a workout most. The only reason I don't work out barefoot anymore is because I always jump on bikes or rowing machines and mm-hmm. stuff in the middle of it. Yeah. So it's not, you can't change shoes five times a, t- a workout. But yeah. other than that, I would not wear anything yeah. on my feet. I still I still wear them when I work out, but I I went through a phase of not wearing them when I work out. Yeah. But I'm I'm a I'm a barefoot guy too. I Like Love on the it. weekend, we went, went shopping in the States. I wore my Birkenstock flops. Yeah. Because I don't like wearing closed-toe shoes <laughs> for like extended periods of time. Same thing. I'll wear flops if I'm going on a trip. Wear yeah. flops to drive. Switch yeah. when I get there. Yeah. Switch back when I drive. Yeah. I don't like closed-toe shoes. Feet get too hot. No, I lose it. Not for me. I twitch. I go yeah. like look at me. I, I just twitch thinking about it. Yeah. yeah, uncomfortable. So, anyways, you had something first, and I got a few things. Okay. Um. Okay. This is this is a big announcement for all those listening. We are going to try to do a live event. We're gonna try. Um. And what I mean by that is. I need to know whether or not you guys want to come because if uh, you guys don't show up, then we can't really do it. So what I'm going to do, I'm going to send this out to the members first. So by the time you guys hear this, the members should have already had this. Also, I'm, I think there might be an issue with some of the emails going to members. Um, so check if, if you get, uh, or if you have a, everyone has a spam folder. So check your spam folder because sometimes emails get redirected there. If it's like a mass email. Or some people have like spam blockers on, so it might block the email and stuff. Because if I'm sending it to multi- many people at a time, um, it might block it. So just check the spam folder, stuff like that, um, for emails coming from us, if you are a member. 
Um, but all of them, you guys will have kind of like an advanced notice of this. You ha or have already seen this before. Um, everyone else hears about it. Um, but I'm going to put a survey link in the description of this podcast. I'm going to send it out to the members in email that I sent to you guys because I want to know if you guys would come. So we're looking at um, doing one, our first one in Hamilton, Ontario. Uh, that's potentially where it's going to be or somewhere around that GTA area. So if that's something around, around, around February is kind of the tentative date that we're looking at. So if you guys are interested in doing that, I'm going to have a survey link just to see like if there's some flavor for it if like there's some response and you guys would actually want to show up because we would love to do that um we're thinking of kind of having like multiple speakers to it and making it more of like a like a seminar style or conference style day um with you and me at the end we would do like a live podcast and then a q a with like a little meet and greet type thing afterwards so that's kind of the idea that was kind of what i was thinking um so uh click the link in the bio or in the description of the video i'll leave it there and you guys can um check it out i'm not going to have it available on uh, the youtube platform but i'll have it on like spotify apple Podcasts. you'll be able to get it there um so go click that to to let us know if you would come and if you don't live in that area and that's that's not um convenient for you if you live in calgary if you live in whatever it would still be nice to get some feedback from you guys just to see like because if there's a whole bunch of people in calgary or a whole bunch of people somewhere in the united states of america then maybe we could make that happen too so that's what we're looking at first, but we need, I need the feedback because if you guys aren't interested in doing it, then obviously we, we can't do it, but it's looking like we could logistically be able to do it. So the question is just going to be whether or not you guys um, feel like coming. So I need some feedback before we actually plan it out. So um, that'll be an option down there. Members will have uh, an advance notice of getting tickets and whatever. So we're going to prioritize giving it to our members first. So if that sells it out, that sells it out. Um, so if you're not a member and you want to do that, then that's, we'll get you an advanced uh, notice on that if it ends up. Uh, working out so that's all i have to say about that hopefully that works out because that'd be super cool uh anything to add about that no great okay no. um so you have some things to share yeah just a couple of things uh so i i think you know you can mull this over not mull it over but i think you can glaze over this stuff um i i, I assume in the united states of america they do the same thing because it's the same d-day and all that stuff but over the weekend, there was um, the OHL games had the ceremonies before games for the veterans, right? That Remembrance Day, and it's, yeah. e it's so easy to, and there, I guess the reason that it's it's somewhat close to my heart is because I've done, um, I've done a lot of studying on uh, studying more on the special forces, and uh, you know you, ha you can have opinion on all, all that stuff, but like veterans. Um, for me, my grandfather was a, a veteran, and he, you know when we're kids, like he, he couldn't talk about it. Right. We would ask him a question about it and he would just go into this stare. He could not speak about it because he was in some, he was in PTSD. One. Uh, well probably cause he drank like all the time. Um, <laughs> yeah. no, no, like he, he <laughs> was like, like apparently he was a special force guy back when it was the first special forces. I don't know how true that is. Cause my family's like all over the map, mm -hmm. you know, I don't even know. <laughs> so, but anyways, no, I, I'm being really honest here. My, and, and he had brothers that were in there and I, I really do appreciate the effort that the OHL and I'm sure in the, in the NHL does it too, but like, I'm just talking in Canada here, the effort that they put in to remember these people, because I think a lot of the times we do forget, you know, I remember Don Cherry a few years ago was basically got fired or got a big uh, thing about the poppy, a simple thing that Canadians can wear to remember our veterans and uh 
Um, you know, some do, some don't, and you know, I get it. But I, I really do think it's important that we never forget these people because this is why I'm saying it today because, because it's important to me. And uh, it's just when I, when I see these ceremonies, um, I just think of my grandfather all the time and, uh, you know, what, what he went through. But when I was looking at it, so they had obviously a very nice one in, uh, in Guelph. And then they had one in uh, London when they played against the London Knights the other night. And it was very nice. They actually set up at the end of the uh, ceremony, how they had the veterans leave was they set up a, a, what do you, a guard maybe where the Knights are on one side on this big carpet and the Guelph Stormer on the other side. And these guys walked by, you know, actually walked by on wheelies. Um, but listen, man, the one guy that was in that they honored was 100 years old. Dude. Okay. 100 years. The other guy was 98. One of them, they were talking about his, uh, that he still carries, uh, German bullets in his back or something like that. So you think about that. Then you look at this guy, he's an older guy and, you know, and I was happy that the people in the arena were very, like, you couldn't hear a pin drop when they were doing the ceremony and they actually, they applauded and it was a very grateful ceremony. And I always have time for those ceremonies, you know, um, but it was great. But I'm also looking at the benches of the kids in the OHL at the time. And they're anywhere from 16 to 21 years old, 20 right now. And if you go back to those wards, the kids on the ice are the same age as the kids as these guys were in the wars. And you look at, you know, I think of my kid, you know, I, I'd rather be playing hockey than, than going out to fight a war. You know, it's a bit, that's a different world. That's a, that's a, a real one. Um, so, you know, anyways, it was just, uh, I, I always like to give a shout out to those guys because like, and I don't think they, I think a lot of the times, you know, they get praised for going over there and fighting for us. And, and obviously so, uh, that's worthwhile. But I don't know if they knew what they were getting into. Do you know what I mean? That's the other side. I think they didn't know that they were, oh, this is what it is. Right. But anyways, nonetheless, um, awesome for those guys i appreciate it and then one last thing regarding these guys is uh i love the the trumpet song that they play called the last post like when that thing plays my uh, like i just i get fired up but my father or my grandfather's funeral it was the coolest thing man so it was in sudbury ontario you know, we went up for his funeral. It wasn't a big funeral because no one really knew about it. And, <laughs> but it was like small. All of a sudden, it started. And then some people from the Legion, they put on, like, it's amazing how they can go back in time and be a soldier again. And they walked into the room, played last uh, the last post, folded the flag, put it on his coffin, marched out. And it was like, wow. Yeah. Wow. Incredible. Yeah, that I was. It's so funny that you brought this whole thing up, even because I was saying we were. I was watching the game when they were doing the ceremony in Guelph, and uh, I was. I literally said it almost exactly what you just said verbatim to Christine. How was like the trumpet? As soon as oh. it comes, burning like, yeah. right away, yeah. and it's just like crazy Holy crap. But that's the, one of the only things, like anything to do with like military soldiers, like any of that kind of stuff. That's the only thing that could like make me cry like that. Like just bring a tear, bring a tear to a glass eye, as you say, right? You know. So that, that stuff, I, I love that too. And it's, it's crazy because, you know, everybody has like their opinions on all like the, all these things going on, like in the world right now. But at the end of the day, it's like, people are literally out there killing each other, man. 
It's like we are so sheltered from. I can't even. I can't even speak to. I don't want any part of it. That, that, well, and my thing is like, for everyone that has their opinions one way or the other, it's like we have no perspective on that. Like that has never happened here. Like even when the world wars were going on, like it wasn't here. Like we we're so sheltered from that. We're generations removed from that kind of thing. So I have so much respect when any of that kind of stuff comes up. Like I got all the time in the world for that. Like any any day, um, talking about that stuff and and trying to reflect on what is actually happening or what happened or whatever. I love I like learning about it and I just I have so much respect for it. Same same as you. It's funny uh, funny bringing that up. Yeah, I know you're you had a grandfather in the military too in in Europe, right in Italy. And uh, anyways, I, I'm not going to go all day on this, but I just that's something that I, uh, I I have a big big place in my big big piece of time for guys that have done that. Yeah, yeah, for you sure. Know? Cool, especially especially those years. Yeah, yeah, but man, that's the that like toughness is like you get to those guys. That's where like the real toughness is, man. Like mentally, physically, like that's what. It's crazy. It's just I have so 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 much respect for it. So. Um, anything else before we start swinging into the, um, into the episode here? I think, I think that was it for that. That's all I wanted to say. Hey guys, my name is David. For the last roughly year or so, I've been a member of the PowerTech podcast and I've trusted Eric and Andy to help me as a hockey dad, raising my kids and trying to figure out the answers. I don't have all the answers and it's a great source of information and it's an area where I feel comfortable leaning on help me make better decisions. With that said, one thing I do know about is supplements. I find it's hard to navigate the whole supplement world and make sure that you're using products that work, that are effective, and again, are science research-based. Blue Star products, incredible brand. The products are based on research, science, the products work, trademark patent ingredients, and you can find all of the research just by scanning QR codes that are right on the back of the product. Thank you to Eric and Andy for their podcast. I think it's amazing, and definitely give Blue Star products a try. Okay, so uh, originally, speaking of the toughness thing, originally I wanted to kind of do an, another episode about um, what it means to be tough, and we did one before, but I kind of what was inspired me to kind of go around that topic was um, I, I train a lot of kids who they'll get like little, little nagging things like a little injury of some sort, and they think it's like right away like I have to shut it down until I'm better, and like there's not a lot of like. I try to teach them about like working around injuries and like still show up and still stay in your routine and, and whatever. And I wanted to ball that kind of into the toughness talk. Um, but then I was having a conversation with one of the members again, and um, he was saying that a popular topic that he's noticed with some of the parents around the, let's say you between you 10 to you 14, 15 age is uh, body checking. And I think it's such a game changer as he was talking to me about it. I'm remembering like conversations that I've just I've been having recently with some of these kids that are now U14 where checking is now in the game and talking to the parents about how oh yeah the team seems to be struggling this year now now that there's now that there's hitting because um, this year would be the 2010s it'd be the first year of checking I think um, so I thought that be that was a really good topic and then kind of uh, paired in with that um, the same member I was talking to was mentioned uh, he listened to a podcast with Nick Kiprios and and PJ Stock. And PJ Stock was kind of talking about um, Ryan Reeves and how he's not really doing his Ryan Reeves thing as much. And I'm I'm like paraphrasing the episode, but he was a li- not he wasn't like giving Ryan Reeves shit, but he was kind of giving like more the media environment shit because they've made him a little bit of like a like a little bit of celebrity, yeah. and he's not 
it's not that he's not necessarily as willing, but he's just not doing his job as much because maybe he's shining a light on. Yeah. Right. What the media does is the problem with the media. That's why I like like anybody that I train is always try to stay humble, do things quietly because the more the light shines on you, the more obvious, obviously criticism. So is Ryan Reeves one of the toughest guys in the NHL? Yeah. hundred percent. So if every time something happens, if he doesn't jump on the ice and do something immediately and straighten the whole world out, because that's what the media said that he was going to do. And maybe he said, I don't know, like, you know, he does a lot of interviews and he's kind of embracing the the limelight a bit, I guess. But with that, with that comes a lot of uh, criticism. So it doesn't make him less tough than what he was. And maybe he's not even less effective than what he was uh, a year ago. But as soon as you shine that light and you welcome the media and all the attention, then you have to answer the bell. And if you don't, then you get criticized. And it's like, that's why, you know, that, so going back to like, I, I know I took over here a bit, <laughs> but it's like when you score a goal, just a different type of attention. When you're the guy that, you know, you get down on a knee, you do the heart, you break, you break the heart or you do the bone or whatever. You, you go to the fans and you make it a huge deal. Uh, you're just drawing attention to yourself. And for me, this is just for me. When things don't go your way uh, or you, you hit some adversity, that's something that people um, can pick on, right? So I just find I'm a big fan of do your job, have some emotion with it, but do it where you're not drawing too much attention to yourself. Yeah. Because when you do that, you, you, you put a lot of attention or heat on yourself. When, you're not, when things aren't going well, it's a long way back up. Yeah, a, a, a few weeks ago, a kid, actually just on that note, a kid, he scored, did the big one knee thing. And I told him after, I was like, hey, man, like, happy you scored, all that. But, you know, keep it in check. Sure enough, two shifts later, they come out, like someone takes a cheap cheap shot at him, whatever, and then he's all pissed off. And, and he came back to the bench, and I was like, I'm not excusing the cheap shot, but this is what happens when you, you're milking it in front of the bench like that, right? They're, you're going to piss guys off. They're going to come, and they want to hurt you, man. Like, that's what's going to happen. So if you're going to be running around doing stuff like that, then you're putting a target on your back, whether you want to be or not. You know, whether it's right of them or not, it doesn't has it's irrelevant. It's just that's what you're doing when you make a scene like that. Yeah. There's still some old school guys out there. Well well but even if they're even if they're not old school, like there's kids that just will come out and chop you or, or do something like right. That's not even necessarily old school. Like kids like especially younger kids, they just lose their temper and they go and have a tantrum on the ice and try to rip your head off. And they don't mean they're not trying to hurt you necessarily, but that there's consequences, right? So you have to be aware of that. But but anyway, so he was talking about um that and I'm not even. You can listen to the episode. It was from I don't even remember what one it was from, but you, I'm sure you can go back on Kiprios podcast and, and look for it. Um, <clears throat> but my point is not even necessarily the uh, the tough guy thing. It's just the just the role of body checking and kind of cleaning up the mess on the ice, like those kinds of things. Um, but I want to I want to focus it more on like the youth level and like the introduction of body checking to uh, to hockey. So um, the first thing that I've noticed with as soon as body checking is now introduced because when i was a kid it was you you were doing checking all the time like it was checking right away from like u10 it's like as soon as you start playing travels like hitting was there right away um and so i kind of want to talk about maybe like first get your perspective on like the role of the role of body checking like what it does to the game um and what kind of like changes you can expect to see at whatever level you start to have that implemented like obviously we focus more on like um, the AAA level, but what does it, what elements does it add to the game and how does it change things um, where, you know, well, I'll just leave it at that. Like how, how do you find like it changes things or how do you find that? What does it add to the, to hockey now? Yeah. Well, I, can I go back, go back, back. So, you know, it's funny to me. Um, Cause same, 
never never played a game of hockey without body checking or whatever and i was it was natural to me so yeah there's obviously some big size differences and all that stuff but this is actually pretty interesting since if we have to look at the history of hockey right the history of hockey is uh like like hockey was meant to be a very violent game period so like in in the last I don't know however many years it's always been trying always been trying to make it not so violent but the, the the nature of hockey is very 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 violent and when it first started it was even more violent so I'll take you, you back just a little bit I we did a we did a podcast a while back on the history of hockey and you know I'm sure someone asked like how did hockey start like where did you know who who decided five guys against five guys and you know a puck and a net and all that kind of stuff like to because we see it what for what it is, but it doesn't take that long. It's like a hundred and some years uh, when it started. Um, the history of it was it's based off of rugby. The rules were rugby. So like when I was reading some of the old rules, like if you think about it, it's like why the forward pass was introduced. What, so I was like, what do you mean the forward pass? Because I didn't know that it was based on the rules of rugby. Right, so in rugby, you you have to move the ball. The only way you can move the ball is back. So you run forward, move it back. So that was how hockey was played. And if you look at the game of rugby, violent game, right? That it's the nature of the game. It's violent. It's not rugby without the hitting and the and hammering each other. That's what the game is. So that's the nature of hockey. Is that so funny? A funny thing, last night, um, Brett, who is uh, Charlie's billet dad, <laughs> great guy. He sends some stuff, like, usually inappropriate. <laughs> but last night, he sent me a fight from, it was uh, Bob Pulford. I think he played for Toronto at the time. Got in a fight with someone in Montreal. And then they sent them to the penalty box. The penalty box. There was only one. So they sat beside each other. And then, of course, they pounded the shit out of each other. There and then it was the next game, either Toronto or Montreal, or whatever, added a, an additional penalty box. So they started adding penalty boxes. So what we have to do when we, we we look at things like this, like even fighting in hockey, is we have to go back to the origins of the sport and realize that it's actually the sport. It'd be, it, to me, it's like maybe I, maybe I'm not correct here, but if you took boxing, you took punching to the head away from boxing, then it's not boxing. You know what I mean? So the, the, the integrity of the sport, or the, the, the beginning of the sport, was a very, very violent game. And um, so it, it, to me, that's hockey. I, and I wouldn't want it any other way. And, and then uh, just one other thing is uh, I had dinner with um, uh, Vilmer Ulrichsen's parents in Ottawa last weekend. And uh, Vilmer's a six-foot-six kid, big boy. And we were talking and... Uh, we were just talking a little bit about the about the game and said Vilmer's getting used to the, the how uh, like the like there's fighting and like it comes from Sweden, right? So they've changed their rules a lot, right? And he said like in Sweden, so Vilmer's getting used to like you you can run guys over. He goes, you you can you have to be ready. So he's big, take care of himself, no problem. But he goes, it's it's different because in he said in Sweden where he was playing. If you hit someone too hard, they would give you a penalty. It was like, that's, so they judged that, well, that one was too hard or unnecessary. So, like, it's changed around the world, but the essence of the NHL and our North American hockey, for sure, is a very violent game. So we have to have the hitting in there. And uh, 
it, it's part of it. So anyways, you're going to jump in. Well, I just think that there's a, <clears throat> this is one of my biggest rebuttals to when people talk about taking certain aspects of the game away, whether it's fighting, whether it's hitting and whatever. And, and obviously there's a line to be drawn <clears throat> around like stupidity, like hits to the head, targeting the head, jumping guys, sucker punches, like these kinds of things. It's like, I don't think that that adds to the game necessarily. I think it's an unnecessary level of risk for me personally. But if you start to take some of these things away, like if there isn't body contact, if there isn't fighting, if there isn't that threat of violence, then the game is just fundamentally different. And I think the entertainment value just drops off a cliff. I don't want to watch a hockey game if there's no hitting. Yeah. And 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 this is the this is the thing that some people maybe it's it's still an interesting game to them, but it totally changes the dynamics when there isn't the possibility that you can get run over or there isn't the possibility that somebody will come and fight you. And again, that is not justifying like any level of stupidity or any level of kids getting hurt for no reason or, or that kind of thing. But it's almost like, I think of it, the, the, the exaggerated comparison I make is like with the UFC. It's like when you sign up for the UFC, you're signing up for a sport where you could get hurt. That is what you're choosing to do. And you can choose to do a different sport if you don't want to do that. You know, so... I think that with hockey or with any contact sport, football, whatever, rugby, when you remove those elements, the game is now different. And when you just talk to kids, like I have trained a bunch of kids that are 2010s, and they're talking about now like how different it is when a guy can come and run you over. Even though all of them are in their first year and not a lot of them know how to hit or not a lot of them understand different things about that we'll get into later about hitting, they're still just like, I'm things are different now. Like it's just a different total. It's a totally different mindset than when you can just freewheel around with your head down and no one's going to come and crank you. Right. So to me, I think the biggest thing that it brings to hockey is just the entertainment value. Like people for all of evolution have been watching violence. Like there's something about it that, that people just like, you know, back, go back to the Coliseum in Rome. It's like people just like that. We have like an internal drive that, that is, interesting to us to you watch the warrior defeat the other thing like that's just a thing that we like to see so it's it's in movies that we watch it's in action films it's always all around us you know and so i don't think that obviously like i said outside of the stupidity taking that out of the game will just make us not care about it anymore it would be a sport that just drifts off into the distance well it's, cares, see the right? thing is is that it cha- like it changes the whole game like this is, uh, I, I, I mean, I will go back to, or maybe we'll get to this later. It, it changes the game because um keeps people honest. Like, no, it's not even the fighting, just knowing that someone could hit. Like, you you get a, when you play on a team and you know someone's like a heavy hitter, some guys don't want to play, you know? Like, I remember playing junior and Brian Marchman, and he was like an open ice hitter, um, borderline, or maybe he was just dirty. And then we had, like, every team had guys like that. But he was, like, extremely uh, like that. But you had to keep your head up. Like, that was just the bottom line. That's And so that that's a pretty cool thing to be able to bring to a team is that you can you can, you can physically take over a game because you might instill a little bit of fear. And I'm just talking hitting. I'm not talking about anything else, just hitting. Like, a good body checker is uh, is a game changer. Well, let's, let's maybe let's go to that. So... Because kind of weaved in this, maybe without like explicitly talking about it, it's going to be like, there's like a toughness role. There's like, you need to learn how to handle the violence part. 
or just like being brave, like facing the fact that you could get, nobody wants to get hit ever, you know, but you're just like doing it anyways, even though you're scared of it until it becomes like a normal thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, this is where, this is where I think we're in a different world. Like I'm 55 and it's not that old, but it's not that young. Mm -hmm. Right in the middle. Right in the middle. (laughs) But, and you know, I'm not going to sit here and say I'm a tough guy by any means, but I grew up with it. So I, I like, I love that part of the game. And, you know, I make no bones about it. I love that part of the game. I like to see someone that has I, I, nothing better to me than seeing someone that's willing to bleed a little bit, but continue to play, you know, or, or, or have that toughness. That's what the game is to me. Um, but so, so as far as the, what was it? You said the fear or whatever? Yeah, being brave, like being able to handle it, even though you're scared of, you know, going and having yeah. contact. So I think one of the things that over the last 30, 40 years that hockey is in, in North America has done um, well to promote the skill is to get rid of the body checking. But I think it also hindered the skill as the kids got older. I think maybe a better move that they could have made and maybe they're not, they'll never go back, I don't think, is to at least have contact. Maybe not open ice hits and maybe not but when they're young, get You're used like to sooner than yeah, yeah. Like yeah, when you play, right you should yeah. be able to bump a little bit or you know have contact to to to, to know that you're aware, right? Um, so that's something I believe in, right? So what happens now is we get to 14 years old, and I hear they're even looking at moving it up to later. So now we and we've said this before, but now you have testosterone gaps and size gaps and all these different things that make you know makes it different so a kid that's 14 years old that has grown and has got facial hair and has a lot of testosterone like all they talk about is you know they say the words oh i could kill this guy i'm gonna you know crush this guy i'm gonna you know that's all they think about so the first so you get the smaller guy or someone that is a little timid or mom and dad's always telling be careful be careful be careful be careful you ever hear that all the time you're always hearing okay i'm gonna get hurt you know i always gotta be careful because my mom and dad say be careful you know it's 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 like there's so many kids that get in their first OHL fight and they, they talk about it. They talk about, I want to, but I don't know. You know, it's like, it's, 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 it's portrayed to be like, so, uh, what's the word? Um, like such a huge task and like, wow, you're just really brave. It's like, then they get in one. It's like, okay, it's not that bad. (laughs) You know what I mean? So it's like the same with hitting. It's like, once you get into the body checking and after a few games of, couple guys running around it does settle down you know and uh and and so my next piece to that is like it doesn't matter how how violent or how rough the game is with the hitting and stuff i always still believe that the kids that have played with their head up survive kids that have a little bit of defensive tactics survive and 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 it's one of these things that I don't know if you can necessarily teach someone to be brave. Like, I think you can. Yeah, yeah I, I don't know if you'd necessarily, like, to a certain extent where it's like like a warrior mentality. mentality. But I think you can teach. Um, well, I've seen kids that just, they don't refuse to get involved in the, in the contact stuff. So it's I would like, agree. I think, but I, my experience, at least, with, like, when kids are scared of things that they don't necessarily have to be scared of but even if it is something like contact where they have to be scared like i'm right now i'm thinking about the treadmill it's like 95 percent of the kids will end up doing it right you get your five percent where it's like nope not doing it but like there's probably deeper issues there 
but for most kids i find like if you volunteer like get them to volunteer themselves to try then they they normally overcome that kind of stuff but but i know just one thing because i know i'm gonna get or we're gonna get pushed back um because last time we talked about toughness people they like fling like the research out because they've done like studies on on like physicality at younger ages and whatever and so i just before we did this episode i looked up like just some not, not I didn't do like a deep dive in the research, but I just looked up like I looked for like five different studies that go one way or the other. And most of them indicate like the later you do, you introduce body checking, the less injuries that occur, obviously. Right. So if we start at U14, then obviously less kids will be getting hurt. But then beyond before that. Yeah. Well, yeah. No but shit. Then, <laughs> right. But then beyond that, they've sh- they've showed that having body checking earlier doesn't reduce injuries later either. So I've seen studies that what show that. What does that mean? So, okay. So like if we're, if you're 14 years old and you start body checking or I'm nine years old and I start body checking when we're 16 years old, there's no reduction in injury either way. So like, so if you have it or don't, doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Right. So, but obviously like there's limitations to that, which is my, what my pushback to people's pushback, because I've looked at, I've seen what the studies say. I've seen like some of the research stuff. I've seen what they've looked at and that's, that's fine. But my Obviously, if kids are hitting earlier, there's chances that they're going to get hurt earlier, right? And maybe it doesn't reduce risks of injury later by having it earlier. Maybe that's true. But my, what I'm looking at when I'm thinking of this question is, what, how are the kids learning to play? That's what I'm thinking of, which is kind of in line with what you're saying. It's like when you're 9 and 10 and you can get bumped around a little bit, like you have to be paying attention more. And I like it's a skill. I, yeah. So it's like, I just think long-term if we're not just talking about, because if there's no issue either way, it's like you're signing up for a sport where you can get hurt, man. Well, my, like, my issue is like, so my pushback is like, for me, I don't like it when people say that it shouldn't be as violent and shouldn't be as rough because that's what I signed up for. Right. Exactly. I was four when yeah. I started playing hockey yeah. and I broke my collarbone that first year. I, I got a cut across the nose cause it didn't get, um, um, we didn't have face masks and I had a black eye cause I took something across the head. I didn't like, so that's what I signed up for. I thought it was awesome. Not that I broke my collarbone was awesome. And I saw guys do that same thing, but that's what I, that's the game I signed up for. So I don't like it when someone tells me that that's not what you're supposed to like. I like it. Like if someone boxes, can't tell them they don't, you shouldn't do that because it's not good for you. It's like, but I want to. So for me, like, I don't like like any of the pushback. Like this is where I push back. It's like, I don't like you telling me that I, 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 the, the sport that I love is not the way I'm supposed to love it. Right. Do you know what I mean? I agree. Like well, this, because like now we've, we've, and I don't want to say we babyfied everyone because I think there's a lot of good steps in it. So you know what I mean? Like, I think there's a lot of good steps that it's a, that there's more kids that get to play. Um, so it's all good. But like for me, I want to contact it. And trust me, I'm not telling you I was the guy going out there running everybody. I was more of a skilled guy that played physical too, but that was the game to me. To me, it would be like watching flag football as opposed to the NFL. I like the NFL. Right. Well, and I think to me, it's like, there's also this thing. It's like, oh, well, like we don't want kids getting hurt. We don't. And it's like, like, it's okay if kids get hurt sometimes, man. So I said, I broke my collarbone, yeah. broke, uh, like, smacked my nose and had a black eye yeah, when I was like, four. You I liked want, it. Yeah. You don't want kids like, obviously you don't want kids like getting concussions and brain damage and like long-term impacts. Like, obviously that's not what you want, but like if a kid hurts his wrist or he breaks a bone or whatever, it's like, yeah, you don't want that to happen, but it's okay. Like they're okay. Like kids are resilient, man. And it helps. It helps. If anything, it helps them just bounce back from things. Like that's, that's not a bad thing if they're not putting themselves at any long-term risk of anything. Right. 
So if there, that's, that's an element too. It's like by default, everyone's like, well, we don't want the kids getting hurt. It's like kids need to get bumped around, man. They need, they it would do, it would do kids some good to like learn that's how to deal with that. Kind my of stuff. thing is then like, this is what I don't like is like what percentage of the people that play are making that decision. Cause I know the guy, all the guys that I played enjoyed the physical contact of the game. We liked it. So why is anyone telling us that that's not the way it should be? Because we didn't care. Maybe we were stupid, but the guys I played with all loved the contact. It's part of the game. Well, and then there's always like a, an extreme. And why do the kids? And why do the kids get so excited about it? Oh man, you should see. One, one I know the, one of the one of the things that the kids that I teach like to do most is wrestle. That's one of their favorite things to do is pull the mats out and wrestle. They love doing it, man. And there's, that's what I'm saying. There's like a nature to it. There's a nature to it, but you know, there's, I just find there's always extreme reactions to this kind of stuff. So people will, as soon as there's one like freak thing that barely ever happens ever, it's like the, the reaction to it is okay. Everyone's bubble wrapped now. And it's like, okay guys, like I get that this is horrible and you don't want that to happen. And there's reasonable things, right? Like keeping a tighter check on the neck guards. Sure. Like that's a good thing that you can do. Right. No, I don't really know what, what the deal is with mouth guards either like i know that some people say that they're good they help concussions some people say they don't help concussions i don't actually know but if they help concussions yeah keep a tighter check on the mouth guard like that's fun. those things are reasonable but you know you you start to make radical changes like rule changes to the game and stuff like that and it's like now we might be changing the game a little bit right so and this is where it's like you pull all the fighting out of hockey it's like okay it's like, do you guys need to be getting punched in the head? It's like, well, no, but like, that's part of how the game goes. Like that is that's the how history the history of the game, you know? And then the same with, with hitting. It's like, you obviously you take out the cheap shots, take out the blind sides, take out the slew foots, like all that stuff makes perfect sense. But it's like contact, like just because you hit a guy really hard, doesn't make it a penalty. You know, it's like, that's part of that's just part of it, man. And you don't want, that doesn't mean you want guys to get hurt. Yeah. But anyways, but of course, as you said, I'm not advocating for ever for some guy running around like an idiot trying to separate every guy's head from their body when it's the, the, the purpose of hitting or body contact is to separate someone from the puck. That's when getting the, getting the goons out, like the 1985 goon line that comes out, you know, the slap shot, what was the guy, what are the guys named the brothers the handsome brothers yeah the handsome brothers like it's like yeah we don't need that right so i'm i'm hoping that's clear i know i have to keep throwing the caveat but i know like someone's going to get mad at me and start yelling at me about it for me i don't care because but, that's is what it is yeah i'm saying what i'm saying is like people I are going to take like oh we're saying that people should get hurt and so it's like obviously no. that's not what we're saying but yeah. okay so uh i want to i want to talk a little bit about like the different areas of the game where the contact actually affects hockey now so th- this is kind of now going more towards the con- to the conversation that i had where parents are kind of like, why, like, why are things different now? So I'm thinking of uh, one team that we have locally, their first year hitting, and they are struggling off the start of the year where last year they won the championship of the league. And they're kind of like trying to refigure out playing because now there's hitting. So I want to talk about some of like the actual areas of hockey where the contact um, makes an, an impact. So I'm just going to list them and then you can kind of pick and choose or just throw comments on it. So obviously just the general physicality goes up. So you go from like bumping into each other and stuff where guys are actually now trying to hit you. Um, Putting yourself in better positions, playing along the boards, um, importance of being strong and being big, um, being aware defensively. um, 
obviously the role of discipline and penalties. Um, and then there's like a safety aspect to it as well, right? For like player safety that now, so those things kind of um, come into come into play now when you start to implement the body checking stuff. So the big thing for me, I think the big ones of that list are um, strategic positioning like yourself um, playing. And then with that is like playing along the boards. Uh, those are kind of, those are the two big ones that I want to start on where it's like, I'm, I'm picturing myself right now, like being a winger as like as a forward where it's like, you got the, you get the breakout pass on the wall and you know, the D's coming down, like that's right away where my head goes to like, what a shit play that is. Like what a shit feeling that is where it's like, you get it, you got back pressure, you got top pressure and you got middle pressure. And it's like, I'm just going to get smashed here or something. And that panic feel. So maybe talk a little bit in that area of just like, either positioning yourself better it doesn't have to just be on the boards or like the, that board play type of thing and how that okay. changes the game all right so first before that the the number one thing is this is why when i do my clinics as simple as it sounds i force kids when we do our stick handling drills and everything it's head up head on a swivel head up head on a swivel and that is so that you can see the game you can see it in front of you, beside you, and you're always aware of what's going on. So even without hitting or body contact, it's important that that takes place because you can see layers of the game. So if you come up, like even if you collect a pass and you're looking down and then you look up, that split second seems like a lot shorter. Whereas if you can learn how to look, see where the pucks are, and collect the puck with your head up, the game has slowed down. So it, it bought you time to make a decision. That's without hitting. So that gives you time to move, see guys that are open, see guys that are coming at you, see layers of um, options that you may have, right? If you're carrying a puck and your head is up, then you see patterns in the game. You see, you know, you just, you just see the game differently. So having your head up is number, like my number one thing is learning at an early age to have your head up, head on a swivel or eyes always looking and, and yeah, so that things just don't happen so fast. So that would be number one. Number two would be, okay, so you want to take something about uh, um, like on the boards or whatever. Okay, so number one, your f boards are actually your friend, not your enemy. So it's when you get away from the boards a little bit is where it becomes a little bit more dangerous, I guess, or painful if, if you get hit hard. Uh, but de definitely more dangerous. Like number one, uh, if if you're if you're tight to the boards and you're absorbing that check a little bit, uh, pr providing a guy doesn't come straight to your head and you know yeah, from crunches crunches yeah. your head or yeah. But the tighter you are to the boards, the more the safer you are. So when you get away, you get hit once hard, you get hit to the boards again, and that's where things are uh, a, a little bit more dangerous. So uh, that's that. So what was the other one? Well, let me, I want to just jump in on one because there's, there's an element too, like, cause we're talking about even like saying like provided that the guy doesn't like cheap shot in the air or whatever, but people still do that. So there's also a thing, you know, or, or worth mentioning, like putting yourself in the position where the boards are your friends. So like, I remember I have a big, if you guys ever meet me in person, I have a big scar right above my left eye here from getting hit from behind like two feet off the boards. And I got hit, my visor went up and my eye smashed the corner right where the dasher is and yeah the guy hit me from behind but i was also three feet away from the boards facing the wall 
not putting myself in a very safe position, right? So yeah, on the one hand, asshole. On the other hand, I also didn't help myself at all, you know? So there's something to be said about that, particularly on the boards, because that's where a lot of those, you see that so much, man, like the, or like the icing, you know, when guys are racing back to get the puck on an icing or whatever, guys slide in, they're two feet away and the contact starts to happen two feet off the wall. Like you see that all the time. So it's like trying to get yourself in a safe position where you're either leaning on the guy as you're going in or you're taking a good angle to get in on, on the, on the place. So you're not just putting yourself at risk more than you need to. Cause that's always, that is not always, but that's frequently where you see the bad injuries, the bad plays is like that a couple feet off the, off the wall type of thing. That kind of makes sense. And then maybe second, unless you have something else to say about that or no? No, I'm just, just yeah. thinking like, I remember clear as day, my first um, home opener OHL game that I played in, we're playing against the Windsor Spitfires at home in up in Sudbury. They had some huge, like just a big team, like everybody was. But I remember like warm ups going, all right, I want to do this because I was a, a you know five foot ten, sixteen year old baby face kid, right? And um, it was like, okay, let's see if you want to do this. I did this for a few games, but I remember just distinctly coming on the left hand shot coming down the right uh right side i think it was glenn, glenn featherstone played the nhl a little bit so i was coming down with some speed and you know how sometimes time can be really slow or really fast well this slowed down for me and i remember in my head are you gonna do this or are you not like while i'm going full tilt so i took took the route nice and tight to the boards kind of like just chipped it by and he, he went to hammer me and i was slipped through Got a little piece of me, but I slipped through. And it was like, I learned to do that. And I learned that that was a lot better than trying to cut to the middle and, and beat someone. But I knew that if I could do that, like, the worst is going to happen. He's going to tag me. No big deal. Second thing I'm thinking about. <laughs> so that was like a really good learning experience, like at, the, at a very high level. The second thing I was thinking about was, I wish I would have learned this when I played. <laughs> but when I played, if I was going for like an icing or going first in the corner, I would go there full tilt. I would never slow down. Whereas I watch guys now, which is actually smart. They try to be, uh, they get in a position where they either get in front of a guy and they put the brakes on. And because the, the, it's easier to, you could take a hit better when you're stopped in that yeah. situation. That's what I was saying about leaning on. The yeah. Guy. Like you get in front of him, yeah. you hit on the brakes and you're kind of back pressuring onto him. Yeah. yeah. And then you'll see a lot of guys let a guy go first so they can get, pressure so it's uh, there's a there's a skill there so my my suggestion would be if you want to know what i'm talking about just watch junior college or uh nhl games and watch guys approach the corner watch how guys slow up as instead of going with total speed so that's a, it's just a tactic for being uh, uh safe yeah. i guess just a, just a thought what i wonder yeah. this may be totally useless but instead of what if they took the boards out of hockey or then, then it'd be soccer or <laughs> No, or had be like, like football. Yeah, had like an out of bounds where it's like maybe there, there's boards, but it's like there's a out of bounds line and then like 10 feet and then the boards <laughs> I or guess something I like that. Know. But that be, do you think that would be better or worse for I those kind like of it. plays? I, don't like, I like hockey the way it is. Man. You like it? <laughs> I like it. I like it 20 years ago. I like it. <laughs> yeah, 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 I, yeah, I, yeah. I've never yeah. not liked anything. The, this is what makes the game so awesome is that it's it's skilled but you you can be skilled and this is the thing to go to your point about when there's a change in the game when kids go to u14 or whatever the hitting starts yeah that's exactly the change of the game because now you're i don't even want to make it sound like it's a goonie or 
but you're you're accountable now. Like the 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 equalizer is the physicality. So the kid that could dangle and all that stuff, that's it's good. But now you have another element, and that's what the game changer is, big time. For sure. I have another thought about even the equipment too. Yeah. Do you think like because now how hard all this equipment is? Like, remember you everything was leather before. Yeah. Was that better or worse? I liked it way better. Was it better? Yeah. Although you like, I remember elbow pads. Elbow pads, I like that they're a little harder now. I don't yeah. like like you can bust someone's yeah, head yeah, right yeah. open, but you if you came down hard, you'd always have bone chips. Yeah. You, yeah. you know, you'd have these. That floaters. even happened. To, that happened to yeah, me. Yeah. You used to have swollen. Oh yeah. That happened to like the that. Left. Yeah. You yeah. have those bone chips all the time, so that's the one thing I think is good. Yeah. But the other equipment, I mean. Yeah, I, I think it's because then you'd be you, you're less inclined to, um, like you have to be more. It's it's kind of like I think of it with like bare knuckle boxing. The difference between bare knuckle boxing and boxing because now you can without the glove you can hurt your hand, <laughs> right? So it's like when you're going to hit somebody, it's like yeah I want to go and crush it, but like I could also like hurt my shoulder now because I don't have as much protection around it necessarily. That's kind of where my my head was going with it. Yeah, Just, yeah I, I, but I never found that. Uh, the, like I used to wear the old uh, Coopers, and they were just like little cuffs, and there was nothing really here except for. I I don't find that's what kept the sh- the shoulders from getting hurt. Maybe I'm maybe no, maybe no, I, maybe I'm a meathead. But but it's not even it's not even the fact that the shoulders would get more or less hurt. It's just a thought of like I'm less protected now, right? So like let's say the the incidence of sh- like shoulder injuries are no different, whether it's a harder shoulder pad or not. But in your head. You're more, I, I would think you're more likely to just resist because you know that you're just more exposed now. Like you don't have as much. It'd be like going into going into a house when you don't have the bulletproof vest on when somebody could shoot at you. It's like you have the vest on and you go, you're more confident going in. If you don't have it, it's like, eh, maybe I'll just take an extra second here or something. You know what I mean? But anyhow, um, second part. So, so along the boards is a big one. And then the second thing is kind of like the open ice stuff. Yeah, that's the part where you need to have your head on. Yeah. So, so let's talk for people who don't know any different because i remember i broke my arm one year with this exact thing suicide pass up the middle guy stepped up blew me up i was probably 12 maybe 13 it would have been yeah grade seven i was grade seven i think actually when that happened so it's the same thing we were already hitting um and i still remember everything about it remember all of the the entire timeline the time slowed down everything i got a pass from my buddy when i was skating up straight and the guy just came, stepped right up. It was right around the center ice face off dog. Boom. Done. Broken arm. And uh, so anyways, so let's talk a little bit about that open ice play. So maybe we can talk about as guys giving passes, as guys receiving passes, maybe like the angles you're taking or the head up thing or however you want to, you know, throw some some guidance on the op- more of the open ice play as opposed to like the board stuff. <laughs> the open ice is like, for, so for me, it's, it's, this is just a comment. Or an observation, maybe it's a fact, but I, I, I just I believe it's uh, it's something that is learned or it's not, and I think it's because of uh, possibly hockey IQ, because it's the awareness, right? I find I, I, I find typically smart hockey players do not get hit open ice quite as often. Now there's some dirty ones. That happens, but I find um, if you have a pretty good IQ, you won't because you know, right? Right? If you're young and you see the patterns, or you see what could be dangerous. They 
you see that at an early age, you, you'll, you'll know when there's a body contact, right? So you're definitely never, you're, I mean, you just don't want to be cutting through the middle looking backwards to get a pass. Well, let's, sorry to cut you off. Let's talk more like the, maybe from the coaching side or from the parenting side, more coaching, I guess, like how, because kids don't know, right? So it's like, this is kind of where I think, to your point earlier about playing where you're allowed to bump a little bit could be useful because kids will will naturally figure out like, oh, if I skate like this, I might get bumped and that's not fun. But what about what about like the teaching of like running certain routes or because this is such a it's a, such a weird thing because like even in our, our shooting camps, like we'll do a warm up drill where it's like they pass to us, they go stop at the red, turn the other way just as to warm up. And it's amazing like how much of them don't understand like routes to run. And I don't know if it's like, to me, it seems like that should be taught like right away, like when you're 10. Like it seems, it seems like you should have a clue about that kind of stuff. Yeah. You know, like how are you, how are you 13, 14? And this is where maybe the kind of to my point of what I was saying earlier about if you don't have hitting in earlier, you can get away with bad routes. Like you can get away with not being in good passing lanes. You can get away with being up the ice too far and looking back like this. Like these are things that I feel like you can get away with more. So, like, from a from a coaching standpoint, like, what do you think more about that well, kind of well, stuff? I, I just think that that goes back to your coaching about teaching, like, like from day one, having your having your head up, like teaching that number one thing, and then obviously you're when you're doing, um, like, let's say you're just doing a simple um, belly up play, like a passing drill or whatever, is like teaching them why. Like, it always comes down to why, right? If if, if you're running drills and you don't teach them the situations or what could potentially happen or how this is a benefit to you, then the kids aren't going to necessarily know they're just doing drills. So that's why I think it's important to, you know, when you say, you know, let's say a center swing, like it's a D to D and it's a center swing. That's, I think it's important that the coaches explain to them that you need to take good angles that you get nice and deep so that you can be a, a pass option. But you're also, as you're curling or coming up the ice, you see what's coming at you as opposed to tight turning it up the middle looking over your shoulder so like those are habits it's wingers coming down getting your ass to the boards you know not just cutting to open ice just because you because it was safe at one time because i I think it's a responsibility of the coaches the best they can is to teach those like fundamentals that people don't necessarily see as a skill right but i think that's where like for sure that's where it starts because um Obviously, when there is contact, and then you're going to pay pay a little bit of a price for it. But I think that part is keeping your head up, and then the next part is always like you know, I've, I've, everyone I've ever trained is I've always said like if you don't have the puck, just don't skate up the ice like nonchalant, like two hands on your stick, like especially if you make a pass or you're getting puck or you make a play, it's get your stick up, and it's not to take someone's head off. But if if but if someone's running me, it's better here across someone's head than across my head to protect myself. So it's make a play in like two hands and just the short arms, right? The alligator arms. So if someone runs into you, you can just take so care of yourself. Brace there, they yeah. got to come through your stick. Mm-hmm. So like that's a huge, huge, huge thing to me. And it saves a lot of people, you know, and then it sends a message to people. Like if, if you're going to run into me all day, you're going to feel it too. Right. But like, it's really hard to me explain. I know where you're going with this. Um, like, how do you teach the common sense? But, like, I don't know if you can, but it, I know it definitely starts at a young age. 
because I don't want kids to learn the lesson of getting coming through the neutral neutral zone with a puck or looking for a pass and learning it that way. <laughs> it's a, it's not a great lesson to learn because when that happens once or twice, then you question if you want to play, right? So like like good hockey players, I'm not saying good hockey players don't get hit. They do because that's part of their game, or it might even take a hit to make a play, or it's uh, uh, it's just part of their game. But I'm talking about getting hit. Um, unexpectedly you should always know that the, that threat is there so the teaching of it it's like teaching routes and teaching uh, how to take passes off the boards properly uh you know when, when you're cutting to the middle make sure you have like the proper routes, not just straight across looking back yeah and, and you can like these are things you can drill too like i saw a video the other day about um a coach was teaching kids how to get in shooting lanes so they started with they took tennis balls on the ice and they were just like run get in the lane take the tennis ball take the tennis ball and then they slowly build it up to where it's a puck and like you can actually get hurt with the puck now but at least you're not nervous for no reason because most of the time you block shots and you're fine you know you get the odd one off the foot or whatever and it's like yeah that one hurts maybe it's bruised whatever the real odd case you might break a foot you might actually have a more serious injury but for the most part you're gonna be fine I think the same thing is with hitting. It's like you can you can practice those picking the puck up off the wall drills for the wingers with a D coming down, right? And maybe they don't necessarily engage the contact, but or or maybe they do. But just the fact that they have to know they're there, there's like an awareness that starts yeah. to happen. Yeah. You know? So you, you, you like 100. You work that skill of picking pucks off the wall, hard ones, soft ones, knuckle balls, bad angles and stuff. But experiment with should your if should your forward as it's taking a rim or whatever, should it be closer to the D or farther? Depending on what you want, right? If you're really tight to the D and you play that, then it might be hard to get out or whatever, but you're not going to get hit as hard. Whereas if it comes down 10 feet, he can run you. Um, but then you have time to read. So, you know, but like forwards are no different than a D when they're getting a puck off the wall. They have to do shoulder checks to find out where everybody is. Yeah. Well, right? this is where you can but that should it. be a habit. You got to create that habit. Right. Because now you can, you can t- coach it from both ends too. It's like, you can say, okay, winger, like you need to be better here. D don't throw a grenade at your buddy, you know? So it's like, now you can coach both things because now the winger is going to be like, dude, would you piss off? Like you're, you're getting me killed up, up here, you know? And I remember that. I, I vividly remember that not being taught until I was like 17, 16, that those picking pucks up off the wall with pressure. Like I never did that drill, you know? And I feel like there's a, there might be an element too of like coaches now can get away with not teaching that stuff for longer because there's not hitting until they're U14. So you can get away with poor habits, but like as a coach, you should always be framing it for actual hockey. Like, as we always say, when you're doing any skill stuff, it's like you have to be teaching it at least a good portion of the time how is it going to be in the real game you know yeah. well it just reminded me it, when you're when when a kid's playing hockey don't ever even when there isn't contact don't ever think that you're safe like i don't mean it like in a real scary way but don't ever think that someone might not run you because it could just happen and that's why i say head up teach that big time head on a swivel and number two stick ready to go so Toronto Maple Leafs rookie camp this year. Kid from Sweden or Finland, whatever. I think it was Swedish kid. Came up the ice, head down a little bit. And it's a rookie game, so you're not supposed to get hit. And Dillingham opened ice, hit him, and blew him up. And it was like, what? And people were complaining, like, it's a rookie camp. What is he doing? Oh, the guys were trying to make a contract. That's what hockey players do. 
No, but I'm not trying to be funny. Like it's it's this is this is the point, is that if you don't always, even in practice, if you don't always have your head up and be willing to protect yourself, something can happen. Yeah, but just reminded me of another story. I had a guy in here yesterday. He plays junior, and he said that he got in a fight on uh, Friday, and I was like, oh yeah, how'd it go? He goes good. It was like more just like a wrestling match. Um, he was, I, I didn't really want to fight him. Like he's 21. Like I didn't want to fight him. And I was just like, I was like, what, what does that mean? He's 21. Like, why is that? Why, why is that a thing? And it's like the, the idea is like, oh, you're way older. Like how could you fight a 16 year old? Or that's like the point. It's like, bro, this is hockey. It's like for the rest of your life, there's going to be an age gap. So it's like, are you just never going to fight anyone unless you know that they're your age? Because they're your age. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Before. So it's like that. That, it's the same kind of thing. It's like you just need to be ready for these kinds of things because you never know who the guy is going to be that wants to come run you in rookie camp, and you just you need to be ready for that. It's part of the game, right? If you're serious about playing, you know. Dude, so hundred percent. So uh, I want to talk a little bit about like the 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 how to prepare kids to hit or like hitting techniques or whatever because I know they do like checking clinics and this kind of thing. I never did a hitting clinic, and I don't know like what exactly how they're taught or how they're run like i get the gist i think but i don't and i don't know how effective it is so like i what are your just kind of thoughts generally about learning to hit properly um and learning to take hits properly when you start to get into those those ages yeah see my face yeah i see it my face is saying like i look like i'm weaned on a dill pickle (laughs) because this is the thing man like I've had so many parents over the years ask about body con- and I did a couple and I'm like this is it's useless. Mm-hmm. Um there's some basic principles you can teach but what what the checking clinics are. See this is a this is a thing. This it's I, I like the fact that maybe proactively people have said well we should learn how to body check and take hits. Okay, that's that's fine. That's there there are ways that you can teach a little bit. But the the Again, it comes back to what, what do we put? You, you throw fear. Like if you have to do a hit, a hit. what comes with the sentence is we gotta gotta put you in a body checking clinic so you know how to take a hit properly. Mm-hmm. You so right so you don't get hurt. You're telling kids that it's dangerous, and, and it's fine. It's fine, but to me, my experience is you can show someone. It's like you take someone into a, a boxing gym. You could say this is how you throw a punch, okay? So you throw punches on the bag or whatever, and then you spar, and they, and and you can't find it. Like, no, I I'm not doing that. Mm. It's a it's it's a I, I will or won't, right? Willy or won't he? <laughs> <laughs> right? Are you willy or are you won't he? Kids will go into um, physical battles without thinking twice. And some kids, they're, they're just not going to. Some kids naturally can hit. Some kids are off balance and stuff. And there's, and I, I'm being honest. I don't. I don't think. I don't think you can teach that art to be really a, a good solid hitter. I, I I think you can learn how to protect yourself, but it's like you got to be willing to get, engage. Yeah. And do it at a pace. Yeah, this is this, this is a hard this is a hard conversation because like maybe like this is where I'm dumb because we had we always had hitting so like I don't I don't know if maybe I did one hitting clinic I don't know I don't you know probably I didn't did. and and like they came out after you or just after you. that's uh, that's what I'm I'm thinking so like to me it's insurance 
Right. Like what what it what it is is for Hockey Canada, uh, it's 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 a due diligence. We did insurance. We show showed people how to uh, protect themselves or how to what body contact. Yeah, yeah. Like is. with That's most things, it, it checks the box it, yeah, checks and whatever. The box. But but there's has to be a line of like like some teaching. Like I'm 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 actually, I actually don't know the answer. Like maybe when I I'm thinking when I was playing, so would some teaching have been better than none? And I, I don't know if the answer is yes, yes or no. No, the the answer is yes, mm-hmm. but it's not a whole clinic. I mean, you can. Yeah, so, I guess. so what? I guess so like, you what can. do you do? Like, what is? The well, you can show how to roll off of checks, mm-hmm. right? Like, if you're going to take contact, you show how to get tight to the boards. Mm-hmm. You show how to, you know, what can happen. How if you're away from the boards, but a coach can do that. This is what I'm saying. Like, is this like something? So this can... is where I'm thinking coaching right. or a guy that played hockey. You, you talk to the kids a little bit and show them some stuff. Um. If you're if you're going on the board showing how to roll off of hits, right? How to absorb hits, how to use your body as, um, you know, the retaliate first mentality. Yeah. Right before you hit me, I I hit you. Mm-hmm. So there's there's that, but I don't know. Like for, this is my experience. Okay, I'm not trying to be like. No, uh, I know. Just talk. We're yeah, this is my experience. Yeah. I've done them, and I noticed that. So like, for example, like we brought bags out the one time and some kids were willing to come down the wall and you could hit them hard. And some kids would be coming and they just, they slow right up, parachute. And then you couldn't even get contact with them. I mean, you weren't going to hurt them. 14 years old, man. But there's that innate thing that allows you to engage or not. And I'm not saying like necessarily like the kid that's not willing to go get contact won't be a good hockey player. Just he's not going to get in that very often. But I just find like... Um, I, I just think it's a thing. I just think it's a thing. It's just like I said with boxing. It's like some guys will go into a, a boxing club and say, yeah, I like this and learn how to punch. Okay, but w- are you willing to fight? Like, and, and a lot of people aren't willing to fight. So that's kind of like, okay, so you know how to hold your hands up. Right. And I, w- <laughs> yeah. I would agree with that. Like there's yeah. a, because I remember I was never the guy that was uh, looking for like a big hit. I learned, like I, 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 coached it into my game over time like finish your hits it's okay to hit guys it's okay to knock over the puck and just go for the guy and like those types of things I built into my game and then just because of I was a I was above average size so I could actually hit guys decently hard but it wasn't a frequent thing but it was always like getting guys ways like that kind of stuff and then other guys they I never had like that timing where other guys had that time yeah that's what I'm saying it's like for for the hitters yeah Hitters, it's a, it's an art. It's like being a goal scorer. You have it. Like, and you can look at a, a different type of body, right? You can look at a, a kid that's built like a fire hydrant. And you could say, well, you wouldn't want to hit that guy, but if you hit him, he he's he doesn't have the strength or the balance, or just doesn't work for hitting. But then you take the same body type on a, a, another kid with the same body type, and he just demolishes guys when he hits them. You can look at a tall, lanky kid that you wouldn't think is very strong, but he's really wiry, and the 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 art of hitting, it's like, it's heavy, good. Like, it's like, it, it, it's, it makes no sense, right? You see some big, thick guys that just, they're not, they can't do it or they don't want to do it or they don't have the skill of the, of hitting or physicality. So it's like the defending it would be more important. So this would be my comment with that because I don't want to sound like don't do something. This is what I would say. Like, if you if you go to these, uh, I'd be as a parent or as a coach, just be honest. And if you go to the, or I think they're mandatory now. So if you go to these things and just observe your son or the kids on the ice and just see who has the like what they're learning, 
who's willing to engage when they do like when they give you some contact who's willing to engage and see who and then actually see if it changed anything that's what i would say i mean i'm not saying don't do it for sure that'd be irresponsible and stupid of me it can't hurt it'd be like not sending your kid to the boxing gym because you don't think he'd get in a fight anyways like if you like might as well figure something out so and maybe they pick something out of it which would be a benefit for sure but my experience is that if they don't have the will to get into the dirty areas or to take a little bit of punishment or take a hit for the team or whatever um then they probably won't yeah i would agree so i think i want to just finish on a couple like technical things that i thought of um with hitting and these kind of to your point like if you go to these clinics or whatever or your coach is doing a hitting practice or, or whatever like these are some things maybe more as a parent um or as a player if you are listening as a player like that you can think about in terms of like the technical parts um and that that's kind of what I'll, I'll finish on um for today so um i guess the first thing is like when you go to deliver the check or absorb the check, it's that like low body position, like that balance and power thing we always talk about, whether you're executing a skill of any sort with the puck, passing, shooting, hitting, anything. It's the same. It's that same posture. Uh, the timing of hits, which like I just said, I never had it. I never had the timing. Um, I could run routes just with the flow of the game, but I could never see like, oh, yep, this guy is going to be coming across soon. So I'm going to go meet him over there. I, never, I didn't have that, but that's something that you can look at if your kid has that timing or not. Uh, taking proper angles to approach the hits, um, where you're contacting the actual person. So a lot of guys, I, I noticed this with young kids, like they'll go into a hit standing up almost and their arms are coming up like towards the top of the shoulders where it's like you can't really deliver it. So it's like that low, either shoulder to shoulder, shoulder to chest, hip to hip, like wh- whichever way, um, whichever kind of hit you're, you're delivering. Um, if you do end up hitting more in front, it's like that extension of the arms, like throwing the hit to finish through the hit. Um, and then that goes with the follow through. And then kind of adapting to the person that you're hitting because like some hit types of hits are better suited for certain guys than others or su- certain situations, right? So if a guy's in a certain position, maybe it's a shoulder to shoulder. If he's not, if he's in a different position, maybe it's a hip to hip. Maybe it's a hands depending on, on the, yeah. the, the, the game. And then obviously you need, you need to know the rules. Like this is one thing with the young kids. You Good have point. to, yeah, like you need to know what can I do and can't I do. And like I said, as adults, sometimes we take these things for granted. Like kids just know, like, you know, the rules, like, like, you know, you can't hit guys from behind. It's like, do they know that? Like, maybe they yeah, don't know that, I mean, right? Sometimes the reaction is just too late. I don't yeah. think people mean to. No, sometimes not necessarily. you see but, it happen, you go, ah, you know, they oh, know they I, did it. For but, sure. Because yeah. I remember that happening too. Like, you, and you see it in the NHL happen all the time, not even necessarily hitting, but like a trip. It's like they, they didn't mean to have their stick and the guy falls and it's like, oh my God. Like, right. But. But knowing those things, like knowing where the lines are, and, and there's like an, an element too, because when, when kids can start to be violent, they get excited about it. And I think you have to teach a bit of like, that, like respecting your opponents and not being the dirty guy or, or how to toe the line a little bit. Like when you can get, get away with a little extra shot versus not, like it's important to learn those things. Um, and then last thing, maybe on like the defensive side of it would be, you mentioned it kind of before, this is kind of what I guess I'll finish on is you need like nobody should get a free lunch around you. So if a guy is coming to hit you, like you said, like you give them a shot or they hit you and you give them a, you give them a little extra something. It's like, it's going to hurt you to hit me and it's going to hurt yeah. you if I hit you. Oh, you got to come, you know? come through something. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I, I think that's yeah. the last thing yeah. like on the defensive side of it is like yeah. teach the kid to 
like be willing to engage with a little extra a little extra you yeah. know and learning how to roll off checks is a good thing too. yeah like it's, a, it's, it's a good thing yeah um so so i think probably the the, the way to look at contact especially when you're first starting out is don't necessarily try to take someone's head off every time you said something really good is about angles if you're trying to like what's the goal of body checking Goal body checking is well it could be to intimidate that's that's fine but the the real goal of it is if i go and hit you and you still make an outlet pass or you make a play that go, the puck goes in the back of that was that hit a good hit or a bad hit so the goal the goal like that's what the the, the intent the intention of hitting is there's got to be a purpose to it now like i said it could be to intimidate like if for example if you're if you have a line that could or a team that could get on defensemen and just hammer them, you wear them out. So there, there's there's some good in just being really physical. But the purpose of hitting is to get the puck, separate the guy from the puck. So that's number one. So if you go straight angles on someone, you've you've made that a 50-50. And probably you're going to lose because he can out-juke you, right? Typically. So you have to learn about angles. So basically... I can't do it here because I'm on a, uh, I, I'm not on the ice, but it's like taking angles kind of a, almost underneath them. As you're approaching your hit, what you're trying to do is, or, or contact, let's call it contact, what you're trying to do is take them to the boards or take their hands away so they can't make a play. So as you're doing that, your stick should be on the ice, should be underneath the under, underneath the stick so you can lift, and you're, you're skating through his hands. So what that is, it's contact. Now, if you can do that successfully, now if you want to do it in a more physical manner, now you can start adding, you know, like a little bit of push to it. And you might find that you're not very good at it. You might find that that's a skill of yours. So that would be the first thing that I would do when it comes to, to body checking. Like I don't I, – here's the thing. Everybody – not everybody. People love when they play. They I can't wait to hit someone. Then they realize it's like fighting, right? I can't wait to get in a fight. And then – doesn't happen because it's like when it's real it's real you either have it or you don't so that's what i would suggest to people is learn how to take out good angles take good angles and you can learn that from an early age right when you're when you're a, a six-year-old or 10-year-old whatever it is you're hunting pucks down or you're uh, trying to take pucks away from people still go through the hands and lift the puck and then the, the next element is to take the body so it's not really that big of a deal so that's what that is and then defensively of course yes have your have your hands up and then the same thing when you're taking a puck is find the proper route so you don't get out angled yeah you know what that we probably should have started with that like the purpose of the hit like that's such a we've talked about that before but that's such a uh, important thing like why are you trying to do this you're trying to separate the puck that's the, that is the thing that you're trying to do that's the point of it you know so um, I think that's really important. And you find guys in the NHL that are really good at that too. Like I'm thinking of Bergeron, Datsuk, normally like There's these, tons of guys, normally like these, these selkie guys, these are the guys where it's like, they're not throwing the booming checks here and there, but they're just always getting pucks away. They're always turning pucks over. And, and it's not because necessarily they're hammering guys. It's just, they're getting like the thing I remember hearing when I was young was like stick, stick on stick, body to body kind of thing. It's like, they're getting in the way of the puck and then they're, they're clipping out the guy um, to finish that playoff. I, I, see, I, th I think like, I don't think I'm wrong. Um, I think being a goal scorer at a high level is a really difficult thing to do. So when a, when you have a really good goal scorer, true goal scorer, they tend to get drafted fairly high. And they tend to be like special players in the league, right? I also think that the, the a, a real physical guy is 
kind of a unicorn too because when someone is really physical, it's like they stick out for a job that they do. But as a goal scorer, if goal scoring was so easy and simple, then everybody would do it. Same with the physicality. So like when people want their kids or the kid wants to be just tougher or more physical and stuff, it's like, it's a skill. It's a skill. There's certain guys on certain teams that you have to keep your head up. They bring that element It's a, of a skill and they punish people all the time. But it's, it's not every guy does it. But everybody has the ability to be physical. But it might not just be like the heaviness or the intimidating type, right? Like, like the warrior type. But you still got to get in those battles. And that's, that's the main thing. Yeah, you can find a way that it works kind of in your game. That's all. That was a great finish. I'm happy that, that we finished on that because if we didn't say that, I would have been upset about it because that that's a good like uh, point to finish on. Um, okay, cool. Do you have anything else to say? I like hitting. Yeah, I know you do. I, know. I love it. I know. Okay. Um, so live event, guys. Send me some feedback. Check the link at the bottom of the video. All right? Um, and we'll see you guys next week. Goodbye.